Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Reform Dissenters. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to us or watching us. We really, really appreciate it. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined here in the wonderful state of South Dakota with my good buddy, Joseph Lassiter. I'm back. He's back. After a two-week break, he is back. And we are also joined by my awesome brother back in Pennsylvania, Jacob Johnson. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and uh, we, of course, are also joined by you, and we really, really appreciate that. Um, don't forget, you can share the word about the Reform Dissenters by going to our website, which is trdshow.net, and sharing that link with all of your friends. We are trying as hard as humanly possible right now to spread the word about the Reform Dissenters. I've been to a couple conventions, classes, and groups of people, and have emptied my wallet of uh, Reform Dissenters cards. So we are trying to grow our audience um, as much as possible, and the best way for us to do that is through you. Um, if possible, if you could share this episode with at least two or three of your friends, we would so much appreciate that. And of course, the other half is liking us on the platforms. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our videos, um, follow us on Rumble, and uh, of course, follow us on our Gab page. We highly encourage that. You can email the show at trdshow at protonmail.com, which is the uh, pro First Amendment alternative to Gmail, which is awesome. Um, also, I, I want to talk about our deep dives, and really there's kind of a renewed um, interest in our deep dives since the last two weeks. That's where all of our Literature of the Week breakdowns have been, has been in our deep dives. So we've done some pretty cool stuff there, so make sure the only way you can gain access to our deep dives is if you go to any of our pro First Amendment platforms, and that would be Rumble, Odyssey, and Gab, or Gab TV. Make sure you go to those platforms, and um, we've posted a lot of great content there. So if you haven't seen those platforms yet, you're missing out on some great stuff. So really make sure you follow us there um, and check out our deep dives. Please. Yes, please, says Joe. <laughs> As a reminder, um, our theme this month is what is the realm and authority of Caesar. So we're going to be talking about that in a lot of different things. Um, show breakdown today. We have the current events that we're going to be talking about, uh, what happened this week um, in current events. Also, we're going to be talking about the literature of the month, which this month is God and Government by Gary DeMar. And uh, we read chapters 5 and 6, so we're going to be talking about those. Um, and uh, we have a new, brand new segment that we're going to be talking about uh, in more detail later on, but I will introduce it here. We're calling it the TRD Community Question. And uh, we're going to be developing this segment um, throughout the next couple weeks, but uh, we're going to have our first community question today, and we're really excited to introduce that segment. To some of us, it's completely brand new, and to some of us, it's just sort of brand new. <laughs> so, um, sounds really interesting. I can't wait. Yes, yeah. Joe and I were brainstorming a little bit, and then we introduced it to Jake um, at the beginning uh, before we got on the show, and we're like, hey, we've got a new segment idea. And he's like, awesome. Let's talk about it more. <laughs> so, um, so we'll be developing that over the next couple of weeks, but we do have a preliminary introductory question that we'll be talking about today. So we're very excited for that. Before we can get into all of that stuff, we have to talk about the verse of the week. And this week, I chose Psalm 47, verses 2 and 3. And that is, For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. So, um, Psalms is just, it's full of victory, right? It's full of all of these psalms that talk about us having 
the victory. And I think um, in our society, we can get stuck um, thinking about all the ways we've, we've lost, right? All the things that we've lost. But it's important, and, and that's why we read the Psalms, right? It's a big reason why we read the Psalms. Um, they're, they're very encouraging, and they, they really show us, hey, God is king. The nations are under him. Um, he is the great king over all the earth. Um, and so it's, it's important that we remember these things, these truths, and we don't get caught up in the doom and gloom that we sometimes feel on this earth. Don't get caught up in that because that's, that's right where the devil wants you. That's when you're the least effective is when you are sitting on the sidelines because what can I do? The world's falling apart around me. There's nothing I can do. That's exactly where the devil wants you. So um, let's talk about the current events that happened this week. A lot of stuff. Um, as usual, let's uh, go ahead and have Jake uh, kick off this segment. Jake. All righty. So my headline does not come from an online article. Ooh, shaking it, it up. from a magazine uh, called World News. Right. Nice. If you don't know what World News is, is they have a bunch of um, biblical articles in them, and uh, they talk about a lot of current event things. And the one that I wanted to bring up, which I was reading this and I thought it was interesting, but the headline starts out, Those We Left Behind. And I'll hmm. let Joe and Bruce give their own reaction to that. Wow. Left Behind? <laughs> Not the Left Behind series, Joe. Oh, okay. Oops. <laughs> Are you talking about... Never mind. <laughs> We're not uh, uh, pre-millennialists here. <laughs> Who are we talking about that we left behind? Yeah, it is, it's a vague, uh, vague title. It, it certainly could be taken multiple different ways. I'm assuming it's yeah. not the Left Behind series, but... Um, <laughs> not World Are we work? right in assuming that, Jake? I don't know what that series is. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't either. I've just known from people who have told me that that was a, like a premillennialist uh, series on like the rapture and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, wow. So those those we've left behind. Is that talking about... Um, man, I, yeah. I, I can't even begin. Go, go ahead and, and break maybe break that down just a little bit. All right. So it's um, something very, very recent. Within this past year, uh, you probably should know of it, but uh, oh, great. Afghanistan. Oh, uh, yeah. Gotcha. Those we left behind in Afghanistan. Yep. Uh, despite what our government and what our faith president Joe Biden say, <laughs> there are still numerous amounts of Americans in Afghanistan, mm. Afghanistanis, that want to come out. Uh, there have been some who have tried to save them. Uh, one notable person would be uh, Glenn Beck and his oh, yes. fund, which has saved countless amount of people from the Kabul airport. Hmm. However, while the millions of dollars Glenn Beck has raised, he is unable to save the thousands of people that, have, that are still left. Wow. Wow. Uh, this article in this, uh, in this book, yeah, uh, in this uh, magazine, uh, follows the story of a couple who are lawyers uh, trying to get people out of Afghanistan. 
After the bombing at the Kabul airport, this couple walked a group of people through this disaster uh, in order to get around uh, the large crater and the, the bomb area and stuff, trying to get around that so they can get onto the plane that they were supposed to get on. Uh, and to this day, they are still left in Afghanistan. Wow. They have not been able to get out. Uh, the multiple attempts of uh, the multiple attempts to get people out of Kabul have been met with much resistance. Mm. And the resistance that we've seen is not from the Afghanistan people, not from the terrorists that are there, but from our own government. Yes. Yep. Glenn Beck and his Nazarene fund. Their biggest hurdle has been our government, the American <laughs> government. Wow. They've been stopped from being able to land in Kabul to pick people up. And they've been stopped from leaving Kabul. And then they've also been stopped from landing in other countries, all by our own government. So they have to get a certain permit in order to fly a plane over to a different country. And the United States government are not allowing them to get that permit. Wow. Now, wow. through all of this, you, you have to ask, why would our government do this? <laughs> right. Well, our government really doesn't care about our well-being. <laughs> and you got that this right. connects with everything else that we've talked about on this show. Um, why would our government push a vaccine that could possibly harm us, possibly kill us? Because they don't care. Yep. Why would they lie to us about what happened during the summer of love? <laughs> they don't care. Yep. Why would they push the killing and murdering of innocent babies? Mm. Because they don't care. Yep. Yet they care about the turtles and the eagles. The turtles and the eagles? Mm. Yeah. 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 All in the name of the environmentalist religion. Yeah. Yep. Yes, indeed. Well, okay. Thank you for sharing, Jake. Yeah, yeah. Yep, we see example after example um, of the hypocrisy of our government. And I, that is the most recent and one of the most obvious examples of that. Yeah. Yep, utterly insane. Thank you for sharing. Um, and you said that was that was World Magazine. Yes. Okay. Yep. World Teen. Okay. No, no, wait a minute. No, nope, it's not World Teen. This is just the World Magazine. So World this magazine. is. So they have def different iterations. They have World Teen, World Kid. Hmm. Um, this is just the World Magazine. Gotcha. What was um, October twenty third? What was the title on that magazine? Because I saw there was a under title. Maybe. Subtitle? Uh, yeah. Subtitle. I, I thought I saw it on the main. <laughs> there might not be one. Oh, yeah, right there. This? This yeah. is just one of the articles that's there. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I thought magazine? it was a theme. We've never seen a magazine before. No. <laughs> what is that thing? You mean it's not just the one article we're reading, really? There's other ones in there? What? Front cover, turn the page. What? What is this weirdness? <laughs> Physical paper? This is weird. <laughs> Nice. All right. Thank you very much, Jake. All right, Joe. Take it away. 
All right. Well, I'm a little weatherman Joe today. <laughs> so um, I wanted to make mention about our state of South Dakota has had some pretty interesting weather this week. <laughs> you can say that again. Okay. We've had some pretty interesting <laughs> weather this week. Um, we've had nice and sunny days to almost blizzard temperature blizzard temperature but not quite a blizzard to another sunny day and hot and was 87 i think is what i saw oh yeah (laughs) yeah 87 and the night before was frozen our creek was frozen so crazy crazy weather but we'll be led to believe that this has never happened before in the course of human history no it's actually this is a yearly thing climate change (laughs) (laughs) anyway you guys also had had, like a very large fire did you not we recently had a, a decent-sized fire. Yeah, it was almost 500, uh, uh, oh, gosh. It was, it was big. It was pretty <laughs> What is that unit of it measurement? Was, it that was I'm, over 700 acres. That's what it is, acres. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, it was, last I checked, it was about 500 acres. So, yeah. I think it was out within three days, which was good. But yeah, that was still three yeah. days of burning. Yeah, it's, it takes a you lot. You can still see it. That was maybe a mile, two to three miles from where I am. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Yep. Fortunately, it was blowing away from you. Yes, it blew in the opposite direction, which was nice. Yep. So you didn't have to worry about leaving. Right. Evacuating. Indeed. All right. Well, the next thing I wanted to make mention, and this is uh, this is a um, headline from today. To be honest, it was a news article post within the hour. Um, there was a, sh- a shooting in Park City Center Mall at uh, in Pennsylvania today, and it's now closed for the rest of the day due to the fact there was a shooting today. Wow. Yeah. Where is that? Um, uh, Lancaster. Is it Lancaster Park pe- City? Wow. Park wow. City Center? Yes. Mm. It's crazy. And that's today. On Sunday. Yeah. When we should be resting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll bet nobody in there had a gun to defend themselves. Actually, I don't know. There was, like I said, it was a very fresh article with, it had been posted yeah. within the hour, and so they didn't even know how many casualties were out. Yeah. Yeah. And the answer to this is no one should have guns. Hmm. That's That's their answer. Let's criminalize having a gun so then... Huh, I thought murder was already criminalized, right? Isn't murder a criminal act? And yet should people, be. People still do it, mm-hmm. right? Insane. And then last Weatherman Joe report of the day is the Hurricane Pam- Pamela killed two people in Texas. A woman and a young girl were found dead after the flash flood. Wow, crazy. You know, I feel like I should have changed my news article after you were talking about what was the thing that you were talking about, the Bible, the verse of the day. Oh, the, depressing. Encouragement, like, right? Yes. Optimism. I yeah. am not being very encouraging today, am I? <laughs> Somebody has to be the pessimistic one, right? Pessimist, pessimism well, of the day. Wasn't, wasn't yeah, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to admit, none of mine are that exciting either. We've had we've had our weeks of excitement. There's there's some weeks where it's it's all uh, it's all not that not that exciting. This is one of them, but there's always hope, right? Um, cool. Thank you, Joe. Anything else you wanted to share, or 
that's all that I had, and stay tuned to listen to Weatherman Joe. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> all right, so my first article, um, headline is, Americans are quitting jobs at record rates, according to the Labor Department. Wait, wait. A record number of U.S. workers voluntarily quit their jobs in August, uh, led by bar and restaurant employees, as well as retail staff, according to figures released Tuesday by the Department of Labor. The Labor Department's monthly job openings and labor turnover survey, turnover survey, uh, not the Apple turnover survey. This is the labor, labor turnover survey, known as the JOLTS report, J-O-L-T-S, showed that 4.3 million people left their jobs in August. That's what? just in August. 4.3 million people. The quits rose to 2.9%, which is an increase of 242,000 from the previous month and represents the highest figure in data that goes back to December 2000. Um, there are, I believe, two issues at play here. One, the vaccine mandates. Um, companies have begun to enforce these vaccine mandates, forcing their employees, right? Um, interestingly enough, there is no... Uh, official mandate from joe biden it was literally just a press release that he did about three weeks ago two or three weeks ago where he said companies over 100 employees had to um, mandate that their employees get you know the experimental chemical injection um but he didn't follow up there's no um nothing on the books no law no nothing no executive order nothing so the companies that are doing this are doing it because they are evil because they don't care about their employees because they are monsters um so that's one. Horrible, horrible companies with horrible, horrible I, policies. Go ahead, Jake. I actually have my own theory about the, uh, why these big companies are doing this. is kind of to show and set a precedent almost for all these smaller companies. Like if all these big big tech companies, either Facebook, Google, Apple, if all these companies do something where they impose a vaccine mandate, when there isn't even a, a formal mandate, mm. um, then it will kind of set the record for all these other um, all these other smaller businesses to say, well, if all these big businesses couldn't fight against it, how, how could I ever fight against it? I don't, I don't have as much money as these, <laughs> these uh, yeah. big tech corporations yep. would. And so it's, it's kind of forcing all these smaller companies to force this because they don't think that they can, uh, they can fight against it, even though yeah. it isn't an actual thing. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of just like mind games. I feel yep. like. Yep. For sure. Now with those, since we have a lot of big tech companies losing their employees, does that mean we're gonna see a raise in a bunch of smaller organizations hmm. getting more people? Doubtful for the second reason I'm about right. to discuss. Um, the insane amounts of money the Trump and Biden administrations gave to the people is ridiculous. They, they, they dumped insane amounts of money into the economy and pretended to sweep in as their great savior, right? They destroyed us with their ridiculous mandates. They, they, they just, a third of all the small businesses in America were crushed, never to return again. Entrepreneurial spirit crushed, destroyed in America by big government. 
and now they're gonna step in and pretend like they're the savior. Wow, I'm so sorry this happened, guys. Here, we'll help you out. We'll be the good guys. Good old Uncle Sam, we're gonna step in and give you money. You did this to us in the first place. This is your fault for getting involved. Now, your solution is to get more involved? Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> That's just a wonderful idea. Yeah, if it doesn't work, the you know, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. The exact same way. I believe that's the definition of insanity right there. Um, also, let's just print more money so we can give more money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. As of October 1st, 2020, roughly 2.59 trillion, not million, not billion, trillion, 2.59 trillion dollars in new budgetary resources were added. And that's according to the U.S. Treasury um, from a site called Data Lab, and I can link that in the description of this video. You can check out those numbers yourself. They're insane. Um, I want to just briefly break down what that bill included, what those numbers included in 2020. Coronavirus Preparedness and Response Supplemental Appropriations Act um, 2020. That's $8 billion. Billion. $8 billion. That's less than 1% of this bill. Okay. Families First Coronavirus Response Act was 19 billion not million billion dollars one percent of this of this thing here's 80 percent here's where 80 percent of it went coronavirus aid relief and economic security act this is this is the big daddy of them all this is the worst act ever for the american economy and i'm going to break these numbers down later but this act introduced two point uh 2.08 trillion dollars into the US economy injected superficially 2.08 trillion again not million not billion trillion with a t okay um then another 19% 19% of this was the paycheck protection program and healthcare enhancement act uh 48 483 billion dollars 19% of that whole bill here's i i, I crunched the numbers last night did a lot of research and did some quick math. And what I found was the average American family making a gross income under $75,000 per year, which is actually just over half of the Americans, American families in the US, um, gained approximately $30,000 in 2020 alone. So let me repeat that. A little over half of all the families in the U.S. in 2020 gained approximately $30,000 from the government to do nothing, to stay home and not work. Utterly insane. And now they wonder why our economy is tanking. And actually, they don't wonder why, because they did this on purpose. This has been their plan all along, to tank our economy with government money, which is, again, another example and reason why the government shouldn't have this money in the first place so they can't get their greasy slimy tentacles involved in our economy a perfectly working free market system that they corrupt with their dis despicable principles um and, and lack of principles go ahead joe you had something isn't that go ahead jake isn't that like uh history likes to repeat itself because didn't that didn't that happen to russia and that's mm. how they got into communism is they had they had a free market system until a big disaster happened. Hmm. And then, yeah, and it's then, kind of the uh, pattern. 
Yeah. And then the people that wanted communism said, hey, guess what? It's not working. Oh, right. I guess we're trying something different. Right. Yeah. But pretended like that was the like pretended like the capitalistic free market system was the thing that failed. When in reality, right. capitalistic free market system was working great until the government got its greasy, slimy tentacles involved where it had no business getting involved. Yep. The thing I was going to mention was what happened to our core our core values and standards from back in the founding fathers? I mean, mm. we were founded yeah. on biblical principles yep. and now we're just handing out stimulus yes. checks left and right which yes. cut, completely goes against I, the the Bible verse that I said last week or two weeks ago, I can't <laughs> remember. Second Thessalonians 3:15 or 18, okay. I think it was. Um which uh, in some says, um, you should not work, you should not eat. Right, well, you don't eat, this you is, don't work, you don't eat. This yep. is why we have a lot of people going away from the Bible, if you ask me, because yeah. the government is like their God. Yes. And yeah. they aren't, they don't have, aren't following the Bible. Yes. The law, the yeah. true law. Exactly, exactly. And we're just getting started, folks. <laughs> that wait, was wait. article number one. You have something to add? So you have more fire for us? <laughs> more fire. I've got a uh, another article that is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, all right, here we go. Here's the headline. Mother escorted from hasp- hospital in handcuffs for refusing to leave her recovering daughter's side. She was in violation of COVID rules. An elderly mother in Jacksonville, Florida, spent a night in jail this week for violating a local hospital's COVID-19 rules by refusing to leave the bedside of her daughter, who had just undergone brain surgery after suffering a stroke. Lynn Savage, 70 years old, was escorted from the hospital in handcuffs and booked in the county jail for trespassing, trespassing, Tuesday night. This is this, uh, before I go any further, this is the kind of stuff you hear in England, right? Like... Their whole ideology is the the people belong to us, right? And the hospitals belong to us. And by us, I mean the civil government. You peasants belong to the civil government. Hospitals also belong to the civil government. So by extension, we get to say who's allowed to see their family, who's allowed to visit in the hospital. We get to make those decisions, not the individual, not the people paying for this service. Mind you, this is supposed to be a free market system. This is... We're exchanging money for a service, right? We are saying, we are paying you, doctors, to save this person's life through surgery. Who is paying them? We are. Who has the authority here? We do. We're the ones with the money. We're the ones giving you money for this service. Although, not in our current system, not with our insurance-ridden society, where everything's paid through insurance, and it's not you, it's the insurance company that's paying for this. It's a large conglomerate that is owned by the government that pays for your surgeries, your medical bills, and now, by extension, the government gets to tell you exactly what you are and what you're allowed and what you're not allowed to do in a hospital. It's despicable what's happening. And that this is why. This is an example of what happens. She has no regrets over her actions. And she said, I stand by my actions 100%. I am not sorry that I made them take me out of there in handcuffs, the dedicated mother told the outlet. As a former deputy sheriff in Ohio, Savage knew what her refusal would ultimately lead to, but she stayed anyways. 
She later told law enforcement that she preferred arrest to voluntarily abandoning her daughter, according to a police report. This is what we need. We need more of this. We need more people saying, no, I am not leaving. Drag me away. Put me in chains. This is my daughter. This is my family. I will not abandon them. You slap me in chains, Caesar, because that's what you're going to have to do to get me out of here. That's what we need. When they tell you, you can't shop in here without putting a diaper on your face. Take me away. Like, <laughs> if only a quarter of people acted like that, we would yes. be in the situation we are today. Yep. Yep. We would, this would be so far behind us if the American people had a spine and they stood up the way this lady did. I mean, yep. stories like this, this is what galvanizes people. This is what makes people say, wow, okay, they're serious. You know what? So am I. This is decision-making time. Make or break. Are you going to stand up against tyranny or are you going to let them push you around, throw you in jail for a night because you wouldn't leave your recovering daughter who just had brain surgery? Go ahead, Joe. This is a prime example of being salt and light. Mm, amen to that. Yeah. I think we should definitely be mentioning yeah. all these stories. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We need more Christians standing up and giving the biblical reason for why they're doing what they're doing. They need, first of all, they need to know the biblical reason. Why is it biblical for me to resist this tyranny? And Damar actually talked about that in his chapters, which I'm excited. Maybe some of us will bring that up, so that'll be cool. Um, but we need to know that. Our pastors need to tell us that. We need to be preached, right? From the pulpit, we need to hear, what am I allowed to do? What is my recourse biblically against a tyrannical government? So we, we need to hear that. All right, last, sorry, last headline. <laughs> I swear. Come on, you're holding right. up my incitement. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We, we talked about a lot of really cool stuff um, in the book. So, All right. How the 16-year-old boy dies during online class after receiving second COVID shot from Pfizer. A 16-year-old boy died while taking his math class on Zoom last April, reportedly 27 days after taking his second shot of Pfizer. Uh, the Pfizer vaccine, according to VAERS data released on October 1st, 2021. In the diagnostic da uh, lab data section of the VAERS entry, the mother wrote, he had no previous symptoms. I was with him one hour before and my assistant saw him 20 minutes prior and he did not show any irregularities. There are so many stories of this and I know people are going to be like, ah, oh, that's just anecdotal. Okay, thousands of stories is that still just anecdotal? Is that just us? Um, <laughs> thousands of stories? 50,000 50, people that I mentioned yeah. in the article yeah. not that long ago. Yeah, this Wait. thing is no joke. This is not something you just mess around with. This is dangerous. Go ahead, Joe. I thought this vaccine was safe for everybody. Why <laughs> do we have 16-year-olds dying? Right, yep, yep. That, that relates back to uh, my article, doesn't that? Yeah. They don't care. They don't care. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's all I had. Thanks, guys, for chatting that through. I guess we might as well just exterminate all the lab rats now because <laughs> obviously the lab rats aren't Dude, being used. you're talking about the American population. We're the lab rats. No, no, the actual <laughs> lab, the rodents lab rats. <laughs> we don't need, yeah, we don't need them anymore, right? They're not even getting used. According to the government. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, 
Anything else you guys want to add before we move on to our next segment? I'm excited. <laughs> Joe's excited. He's very excited. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I, I, a little bit of something, but go ahead. I just wanted to go back to the the article where the lady was dragged out. Mm, I yeah. just wanted to say that this is a misconception a lot of people get, but liberty is not something that is just inherently given. Yes. You're not just born with yes. a sense of liberty. You're not. Yep. You're not, because you live in America doesn't mean you're immediately going to have liberty. <laughs> right. It's something that has to be earned. Mm. And, and we see what the, the founding fathers, what the people in the Revolutionary War had to do. Yes. They, they, had, they gave up their lives for liberty. Yep. Yep. And yeah. What is that quote? Uh, giving it away. Every, every so often the tree of liberty has to be uh, watered with the blood of patriots. It's, it's a cycle. Yeah. If if you don't watch it closely, which we as Christians lost it, we lost our watch, we lost our vigil, we failed um, in the early 1900s, late 1800s. We failed, and that's why America is failing. We, the churches failed first, and America followed, as is what always happens. But yeah. if you're not watching diligently keeping watch, watching that liberty tree and making sure that Caesar stays in his realm, this is what happens. You get the cycle. The never-ending cycle starts again, and you're back there now having to fight for your freedoms. wasn't supposed to be this way. We were supposed to, well, we do have a Second Amendment, so they did build that in, but it was not supposed to get to this horrible level because they expected a moral people. They expected the churches to keep doing their job, to keep preaching against tyranny, to keep talking about a biblical form of government. They expected this, and we don't have that. And we, so now the tree of liberty has to be tended to. Go ahead, Joe. We lost our aroma for Christ. Hmm. Yes, yes indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Um, thank you, Jake. That that was very good. Thanks, Joe, for adding there. Very well said. All right. Uh, literature of the month. This month, uh, again, as a reminder, is God and Government, Volume 1, uh, by Gary DeMar. And uh, this week, we read chapters 5 and 6. And so the, uh, the first question is, what did you find most interesting about the chapter? And, Jake, let's go ahead and have you kick it off. All right. Uh, something interesting, and this is, the interesting thing is, Gary DeMar brought up a question. Now, I'm not going to quote that question exactly. I don't have any quotes in what I'm saying, but I'm just going to summarize, paraphrase what, what was being said. But the, the question ultimately comes down to neutrality. Can hmm. there be neutrality? Can there be things that are not commanded by God to be right or wrong? Yes. Can one yep. truly be educated without God? Well, in order to answer this question, we must first understand and know that God made and controls all things. There is nothing outside of his control. Hmm. We also know that we are sinful. If given the chance to choose between good and evil, 
we will always choose evil. Yep. God knows we are sinful, and so he knows that everything must be regulated by his word. A societal institution, societal institutions cannot ignore God and his word. Everything is commanded by God to be good or evil. There is a way to run a business that is evil, and there is a way that is good. There is a way to be educated that is evil, and there is a way that is good. Yes. So in essence, my answer to the question I brought up before is no. The things we choose cannot be neutral. Awesome. Very well said, Jake. And I think that's going to set up our conversations today um, very well because we're going to be talking about a lot of that. So thank you so much for setting that up um, and and sharing those thoughts. Very well said. Joe? Based on what Jacob was saying real quick, if I'm not mistaken, there was a quote or – there was somewhere in the book that was that said you either serve Christ or you serve the devil. If am I right? Yep. I think I. Um, I think yeah, I read. That. I think that's also a quote in the Bible. You're either with, mm-hmm. with me or against me. Yes. You yes. cannot serve two masters. Yep. No, you cannot. Though we've tried and <laughs> failed every time. Indeed. All right. So I I have a quite a bit to say. Well, a little bit to say. All right. All right. So what I liked about the uh, these chapters is I like how Damar um, named his chapters for one, the biblical form of civil government, and the and in chapter six it's named uh, Jesus and civil government. Hmm. In chapter five, he states if security, uh, no, society ignores the govern governing principles that God has set forth in His Word, then that. Society is competing with the Lord of all creation. The quote that I also like from um, A.A. Hodge was, A Christian is just as much under obligation to obey God's will in the most secular of his daily business as he is in his prayer closet or at the communion table. He has no right to separate his life into two realms and acknowledge different moral codes in each respectively god reigns over all his will is the supreme law in all relations and actions i really found that to be interesting because how he states the two realms and i when i heard the or read the two realms i figured or thought of you have the realm uh, the Christians, and then you have the so um, sacred and the secular. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yes, the sacred and the secular, um, different realms. We we yeah. live yeah. as uh, a Christian in in secret, but yet in in the world, I at least in my mind, we we go to church and we try and do everything for Christ, and then whenever we get pushed out into the world, we just try to hide in that corner and just. Tense right. up and don't want to shine. We want to yeah. cover our light. Yes. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the definition. We we Christians must be holy. Mm. And set apart. Holy means set apart. Mm-hmm. We have to be set apart. We yeah. have to stand out. And and actually, I have to say that homeschooling does that. Mm. When, yeah. When you're a homeschooled child, when you're a homeschooled person. 
you you do stand out. Yeah. People find you to be weird, and that's yes. good. Sometimes, it is good. Or, or sometimes more outgoing or more joyful because you haven't been burdened down by the sin that's propagated so freely in the government indoctrination schools or even the Christian schools. When you have that many kids, all immature kids, all grouped together in one place, sin breeds. When mm -hmm. you have a homeschooled family of three kids and they're overseen all day by their mother, sin doesn't breed nearly as much. And you have a layer of innocence that uh, you don't see with a lot of other uh, ways of, of education. Everyone says we're cultured. Or not cultured. Yeah, sheltered. Sheltered. Right. But are we I'm sheltered? I'm like, yes, thank you. Yes, we are. That's the whole point. Yeah. You're children. Yeah, thank you. You're supposed to be sheltered. We're sheltered. You are not adults yet. You are sheltered from the wind of the world. That is a gift. That is something we should be overjoyed about. Not like, ugh, you're sheltered. It's like, um, actually, I'm very proud of that. Thank you. I want to be sheltered from this despicable, sinful world for as long as I possibly can so that I'm prepared with the light of Christ to go out and change it. Yeah. Thing that just came I, to mind. I work, I work at a restaurant, and a lot of people say that, uh, say to me, wow, you, you, you're weird. And I'm like, all, I, all I say to that is that, thank you. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> As, Are, as long as I'm not acting like the, the worldly people, and, and as long as that acting is what I'm acting as, what I'm, what I'm, how I am acting is is nice and actually according uh, biblically. Yes. But um, yeah, that's we, we are different. We yep. do look different. We're yep. supposed to. We're supposed to stand out. Right. We're supposed to be the light, salt, and light. Right, that light is you shining, standing out. It's a, it's a glimmer. It's something that, uh, you, you know, it's, it catches your eye. Yep. Well, one, of the, one of the things that I wanted to, or that came to my mind is, are we sheltered or are we engrossed in the word of God? Hmm. Yep. Um, a thing that I also have written down here is we need to remember that we are obligated, obligated to follow God before worrying we're worrying about <laughs> how we look in front of a crowd because yes. ultimately what does how we look in front of other other people really what does it do whenever the important thing is is we need to we, we need we're living for god for christ not for the people around us hmm. i tend to i tend to think of it as a um social mask we we throw on this mask to hide our Christian identity to make the world think that we aren't Christian or yeah so that they are like oh we like this person right we, we want to bring them in we want them to work instead of and because we're afraid that some of us will lose our job um, uh, yeah so yeah we need to take that mask off that so um, society mask in my yeah. opinion that's what I call it yes all awesome. right that's all the that's all that i had cool thank you very much joe you're welcome that's that's awesome there's a lot there i these are some pretty cool um chapters so much information um all right so question again was what did you find most interesting about the chapters and uh my answer to this is i really liked how gary damar spent the beginning of chapter five hammering home the fact that god's word should not only be involved in civil government it should be its foundation, right? So it's not only involved, 
It's the foundation of government. On yep. page 79, uh, DeMar says, The Bible clearly uh, teaches that Jesus is Lord and that his lordship extends over all the facets of society and its institutions, including the family, economics, science, education, and, for this chapter, civil government. There is no realm of society where the lordship of Jesus Christ can be ignored. He continued on page 80 by saying, If we truly love Jesus Christ, we must follow his commandments. When his commandments speak to civil government, we must obey. End quote. All of this is leading up to the main point that civil government can't be run arbitrarily. Man can't just come up with his own version of government and call it good. We must treat civil government as another area of God's reign. Gary DeMar echoes this on page 81 when he says, To deny that there is a biblical system of government is to say that God has no standard of righteousness and justice in this crucial area. End quote. DeMar continues by asking the question, how could a system of civil government ever be evaluated if the system is arbitrary at the very start? The reason America was so successful was because the founding fathers looked at scripture. They went back to the foundation, the foundation of God's word, made that the foundation of government, and layered layers on top of that foundation. It wasn't an arbitrary system. It's something that was... Uh, 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 originated from scripture and, and that's really really important to remember all right uh, question two what did you find most surprising this could be something you hadn't considered that way before so again it's something you might have heard before but Damar phrased it in a way that you thought was really really interesting and it stood out to you all right Jake go ahead uh, something that I didn't really hear before and I actually found quite interesting is that um, when God, when Jesus came to earth, um, he didn't come to change the system of government. Mm. He didn't come to fix what was wrong with Rome at the time, uh, even though we know there were big problems. Right. But he didn't come to change that. He didn't mention really much about that, if, if anything at all. Uh, I, think, I think Tamar does say that he does mention a few things about about the civil government. Yeah, but, he, he said um, he said more than you think. Of, yeah, what is that? He said that Christ said more than you more than you might think about uh, about government. Yeah, yeah, but he he came to change the hearts of men, and God knew that in order to change the government, one would need to change men first. Yes. And that's going back to the principle that <clears throat> government cannot stand without the foundation of God's word. So mm, we, yeah. we know that without these men being biblical and being self-governed by the Bible, it, it's not going to work. Yeah. Everyone's going to be greedy and is going to want your stuff. Yeah, right, right. You need that, that first lower government that first sphere, self-discipline, self-government, to be established first before any of the other spheres can can work properly. Yep. Was that uh, was that everything, Jake? Yes. Cool. Thank you. That's really good. Uh, Joe. Yes. Um, so Devour states that we should not expect him, Jesus, uh, to have went a different route 
from the system of truth set before the Old Testament. That was on page 97. Pretty much he was stating how Jesus did not conform to the world and, and move his morals, if I, can, if I can say morals. He did not move away from biblical standards to fit the inner crowd. He, he, was, um, he stayed, stayed true to the word. And so that got me asking or wondering, so why can't we stand in the word? Kind of going back to how we have our society mask. Why can't we stay strong? And why do we tend to lay down our morals and conform to the world? A.K.A. the LGBTQ. Some churches are allowing that mm. to come into yeah. play. Abortion is being allowed in churches. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yep. why are we expected to lay down our our beliefs and let the, <laughs> the right. those communities rise up and we are being silenced? Especially since everyone's like... We need equality. Why? Why are, are we not being allowed to right. have our own voice? Right, and, and that's because no one can serve two masters. So these things cannot coexist. They can't cohabitate. You can't have evil and righteousness. It's not okay to have both. You need righteousness. You need to strive for righteousness only. Um, which is why I think. Some Christians now are taking, um, sometimes they're disagreeing with that amendment, freedom of religion, right? Because it's like, well, are we really okay with allowing idols to exist in America? Is that really okay? Is it okay for us to allow those sorts of things? Um, and so I think that that falls in very well with, with that kind of a discussion. So. And, and that amendment was was not intended to say that every single religion is allowed. It's, it, it's mm. talking about that the um, government cannot... Shouldn't get involved. A, well, yeah, they can't institute a uh, world... Sorry, State a, religion. Uh, nationwide religion. Yeah. And they can't um, say what religion is right. Right. Or anything yeah. like that. Because that's not their, I mean, that's not their job. They're, they are the, ju the justice division, so they shouldn't get involved unless someone has committed a crime. So, yeah. yeah. I, I tend to see a, an aspect on that fr um, freedom of religion. I, I see it as since it's a freedom and our, our, us as Christians, we really have lost our, our salt and have overly um, been relaxed on this. Yes, lost um, our potency. Yes, but in this amendment, we really should have been inviting those who were non-Christians to come to our country so we can witness to them, yes. if, if you ask me. That is my, under, uh, my take and understanding of the yeah. freedom of religion. And, and also, like, if we understand these um, governmental institutions it, where we have the federal, the family, and the church... Um, not in that order, of course, that wasn't the right order, but whatever. But, of course, they're, they're equal. But um, that's, that's not the job of the government. That's not the job of the federal government. It's the job of the church government to, or, or the family government to go out and witness people and bring the change the people from having these other religions. Mm -hmm. And mm. But it's not... 
it's not the government's job to do that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Awesome. Well, I got one more oh, last thing, and it kind of goes with the uh, the Babylon B video that Ooh, I all right. that I've watched, and it's I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's about this little boy who is the pro all these other secular things, and the family is like, we can't we can't um, have our own opinions, say our opinions out loud, mm, because right. then that little boy will um, <laughs> cancel us all out. So. Yes. The thing that I, the last <coughs> sentence that I wanted to get say is, we have to give the left what they want. Otherwise, us as Christians, we're going to be silenced and canceled. So, what do you mean, give the left what they want? Pretty much allowing to legalize the LGBTQ, oh, I see. the the abortion. I see. They're forcing us They're to for- give. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, no, Joe, we don't have to do that. <laughs> they are wanting us. They want us to believe that that's the dichotomy. Mm-hmm. You know, follow us or else. Right. I got yes. you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. Very cool. Thanks, Jake, as well, for joining in there. Very cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So question again, just to reiterate, is what did you find most surprising? That's uh, something you hadn't considered that way before. And, and for me, um, I wanted to... Something I've been uh, thinking about for a while, and I've been wanting to study it, and I just haven't had the opportunity to, but DeMar brought it up, and I was like, oh, this is very cool, Um, and I really liked his approach to it. So I've often wondered uh, if God allowed Israel to have an earthly king, even after warning them in 2 Samuel of all the horrors that would accompany an earthly king, um, he still allowed them, right, to have that king, and he gave them David, um... If he allowed them to have a monarchy, is that an acceptable form of civil government from God? Right? Didn't he institute David? Didn't he create technically that position? Um, and I was like, huh, interesting. I, I don't know. I greatly disagree with the notion of a monarchy, but I was always confused about how God would appoint a king, David, um, if a monarchy wasn't a legitimate way of governing a nation, right? If God did this, um, certainly it must be at least legitimate, right? Uh, But Gary DeMar really helped shed some light on this topic on page 89 when he said the king typified, he was a type of the coming king, Jesus Christ. God raised up a king in Israel for the people to have an earthly representation of their true king who was to come. DeMar then added that the the kingship of Israel was fulfilled in Jesus Christ and we no longer seek to establish earthly kings so i was like ah that's interesting much like a lot of the things in israel um it was i it seems to be as as gary damar is insinuating here part of the ceremonial law right that was a ceremonial aspect to it where the king was uh, a representation of christ and now that we have the fulfillment of that in christ we don't we shouldn't be seeking to Put someone like that above one man above everyone anymore right we have that in christ we have christ above all of us as the true king we don't need that kind of a king we shouldn't be looking to establish that kind of a monarchy any longer so i, I thought that was really really interesting all right uh next question what part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month? And again, the theme is, what is the realm and authority of Caesar? And Jake, we'll have you uh, kick it off. All right. So the, the power and authority of the federal government does not come from the government. Now, again, this is nice. a paraphrase of what 
uh, Jamar said, it, it doesn't come from the government. It doesn't come from the people. It comes mm. from God. Yes. The people are not what give the government power. God is and his word. Uh, Jamar then uh, inversely shows us what it actually is supposed to look like. Nice. How the form of government that was set up in Israel. So because the nation was getting quite big, uh, Moses could not handle it alone. So the, the form of government that was there was Moses was a judge over all the nation of Israel. People who had civil disputes came to him and hmm. they were settled. And so, and, and really that's, that's the Roman authority of Caesar. That, that's what we see happening in Israel. And so, but the nation was getting very big. And so Moses took the advice of Jethro and appointed more judges over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. So these judges would take care of civil disputes over over these small groupings yes. of people. And if these judges could not handle those disputes, it was then sent to Moses. Uh, so in answer to the question, this whole explanation of what a what it looked like in Israel is the Roman authority of Caesar. Awesome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing that up. That was something that um, I wanted to bring up as well, but I couldn't really fit it into any of the questions. So um, appreciate you uh, coming up with that. That was, that's really important. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and that's a, you know, that's a system of, of government that I think would be, would be really neat to, you know, reestablish. I think we, we had that, you know, that was what a lot of the um, American system of government was based on, right? You've got the federal level, then you've got the states, then you've got the counties, then you've got the towns inside those counties, you know, it was subdivided and you get closer and closer and you had all of this set up. So yeah, it's, it's important that we recognize where that came from and how important that is. Thank you. All right, Joe. I just wanted to be short, sweet to the point and be very okay. simple. And I just wanted to, um, I couldn't think of a better way than using one of the verses that Damar used in chapter 6, which was Matthew 28, 18 through 20, but really honing in on verse 18, which says, and, and Jesus said and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me mm. in heaven and on earth. That's yep. 18. 19 and 20 is followed. Go for and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So really, it shows that, piggybacking off of what Jacob was saying, God, uh, Jesus and God, are they all have, they're all in control, and the government... An authority is all under God's power and God's reigning. Yes. Yes. Awesome. And with that, since we are Christians, we should be going and making disciples because mm. that is what we are called yes. to do. We as people have the calling and, right. and yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, what, what I think a lot of times um, people get from that, right, that's commonly called the, um, the Great Commission, mm-hmm. right? And um, what we get a lot from that is, well, you know, just go and preach the gospel, right? That's, that's all we're doing. We're, that doesn't really mean to do anything else, than, uh, anything other than that. But I, I think the language there is just so strong, you know, make disciples of the nations. And we've talked about this before. Um, it's not just going and preaching the gospel. It's making them the disciples. So they are very strong followers of Christ, not people who just, just know sort of the gospel, right? But you're baptizing them, right? Baptism implies some sort of covenantal bond, right? You've got that. It's a deeper, deeper thing than just knowledge, just knowing the gospel. These nations are now um, under the uh, priesthood, under the kingship of Christ. Um, at least that's, that's how they should be. Like, is there a specific thing that they're they're attributing to that? Like, they, they, there's another passage which says, oh, well, this means go in and baptize the nations and preach them the gospel. That's all you're supposed to do. Isn't if if we're if we're assuming that, isn't that leaning on our own understanding, as <laughs> Proverbs said? Yes. Like, are are we limiting the gospel there? Why yeah. why why are we understanding it this way and not the other way? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yep. I totally agree, and I'm not I, I'm not positive where they get that whole idea that it's just the gospel and nothing else. Um, all I know is it's extraordinarily prevalent in the Christian community, unfortunately. So, awesome. Anything else you want to add, Joe? That's all really that I had. I just, that was the main thing that stuck out. I'm like, ooh, I have to take that verse. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I was feeling bad for not including that in my answer as well. So, thanks. I'm glad. <laughs> it's cool. Hey. And you've got three people. Yeah, Everybody sure. kind of. skipping over a bunch of stuff there, but... Yeah. <laughs> Everybody handles it. Well, I, I kind of narrowed in on some other stuff, too. So, I've still got some stuff. We all have our part. <laughs> Indeed. We've all got uh, different things. That's why there's three of us, right? Indeed. <laughs> all right. Um, so, again, the question is, what part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month? The theme, again, is what is the realm and authority of Caesar? My answer is, first of all, DeMar explained on page 89 the importance of confining Caesar's realm with a law constitution, something he kept calling a law constitution. He said the idea of a law constitution is certainly permanent because the law is a reflection of the eternal character of God. To do away with the law constitution would mean that rulers would be free to establish their own arbitrary law constitution, which would be subject to change at any moment. End quote. So, uh, having a set of laws not easily changed, much like our American constitution used to be, is vitally important to ensuring that Caesar remains within his realm and authority. Secondly, Damar in chapter 6 talked about how Christ reaffirms the law as it applies to civil government. Uh, On page 96, he says the law is as it was originally given, uh, served, oh, the law as it was originally given served as a standard for the civil authorities in administering 
civil law. It was not meant to be applied to individuals wishing to claim private judgment. An eye for an eye <clears throat> is not meant to be used as a license for revenge. So then, as we read the Gospels, we should expect Jesus to uphold the validity of the law as it pertains to civil government. End quote. Finally, Demar reiterated on the fact that Caesar is not the ultimate authority. God's law is the ultimate authority. Gary DeMar states this well on page 101 when he says the law is king and all civil rulers must obey its demands. Kings as well as subjects are under the law and not above it. This is exactly what Jake was talking about, actually. Um, when any government contradicted God's law, that government was considered to be immoral, end quote. Getting back to the main point, Caesar's realm and authority is to be derived from Scripture alone. As described in Scripture, they are the justice division of society. If Caesar attempts to take over other realms of society, he should be corrected and brought back into submission to Christ. This is exactly what the Founding Fathers did at the founding of America. It's what we might have to consider for our society once again. Cool. Anything else you guys want to add? Um, before we move on to the next and brand new segment that we're adding this episode. Now I understand why I couldn't figure out a, how to fit the eye for an eye quote into my <laughs> third question because I was really wanting to put that, but I'm like, I can't figure out how to connect yeah. it, but I'm glad you were able to <laughs> yes, do that. <laughs> I got it in there. Yay, there we go. See, I, I got something in that uh, <laughs> that you missed. Look at mm -hmm. that. There we go. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Oopsies. Okay. So, our brand new segment. We are calling it the TRD Community Question. <clears throat> so, you've heard from us. You've heard a lot from us. Now, we want to hear from you. Send us an email this week with your answer to our TRD Community Question. So, we want to hear from each and every one of you in the audience. That's what this is all about. So if we don't hear from you, this segment doesn't happen. So <clears throat> every week we're going to bring up um, what you send us in reply to this. So uh, just know that going in. Um, and uh, we want to hear from our audience. And we want our audience to hear from the other people listening because that's always fun to know who you are listening with. So TRD community question number one. Here we go. Very, very exciting. What are ways that you, specifically you, okay, can start affecting the culture around you where you are today? So this is very specific. This isn't in general. This isn't a philosophical question. We want to know, what are all the ways that people across the nation can do in their society? Because your ideas might help someone else who is struggling and they want to get involved. They don't know how. If you have an idea and you know how to get involved in your area, they might be able to take your idea and also do the same thing in their area. So make it specific. We want to hear about you. Whatever state you're in, town, area, whatever, um, we want to hear about it. So maybe you're a parent deciding how to educate your children. Or maybe you live in a rural area and could help your neighbors, right? You could spread the word. You can talk to your neighbors. So big part of this is... Affecting the culture around you takes a lot. There's a lot of different ways to do that. A lot of different ways. From the governmental all the way on down. From, from the civil government all the way on down. So, so we want to hear 
what can you do in your society to start talking to other people, right? So maybe you want to run for a local government. What are some of the local governments in your area that you might want to run for and why? Um, all of that kind of stuff. And we are leaving the question kind of ambiguous, kind of vague, because we want to get a variety of answers, uh, all sorts of answers. So send us an email this week. Um, and I'm seeing that Joe and Jake want to add something. So Joe, go for it. I just can't wait to see all these answers because there's so many different ways. And us coming from a rural state of South Dakota, it could be completely different to somebody yes. who's in California or in different states. I know, I know. In different cultures. I, it's, I am very excited. It, it, I, I can't wait till next week. Yes. Yep. Likewise. And if you are curious about fellow listeners to this show and you have a question that you'd like to submit for our brand new segment, you can send that as well. Basically, we just we just really, really want to hear from our audience. <laughs> so uh, we want to know what, uh, what you think and, and what you've gotten so far from this show. So we've actually so, already... So go ahead, Jake. Basically, basically what that says is we want to start interacting with you during the show yes and how we start that interaction is first by asking you a question yes and then the conversation can start with yep. where you ask a question back and right. we're gonna answer it exactly exactly yeah that's that's a big that's a big part that is a big part of it absolutely that's gonna be a really exciting uh thing coming up i know i can't I, wait I, I can't wait i cannot wait yeah for sure um, so again, just to like reiterate the question, just in case you were listening and you're like, oh shoot, I forgot. What's the question again? It's what are ways that you specifically, you can start affecting the culture around you where you are today. All right. That is our very first TRD community question. And with that, we have concluded this week's episode. I think this is episode 13. So mm -hmm. I wanted to really quickly, before we wrap up, I just wanted to say thank you to the team here at TRD Show. We have just such a great group of people. Um, it's not just the people on camera. There's a whole other team of people behind the scenes helping us produce these shows every week. And we just appreciate every one of them. Um, we're not going to name everyone yet. We'll get to that point someday, <laughs> but um, I do just want to say thank you so much to, to the rest of the team, and if you want to include that in your emails, I'm sure that they would appreciate that too. We've got our camera switching guy, we've got uh, researchers behind the scenes, we've got people who have contributed on all sorts of levels, so we would just love it if you could say thank you to them as well. And to donors as well. Donors, donors. is really what is makes us where we can actually have yes. a show yes and if you are looking to donate send us some um, send us an email so that we know there are people out there who are looking to help contribute we don't yet have a donor page set up but if we get enough feedback we will help set that up we will definitely get that on the website so send us an email basically this is a big week for sending emails send us emails a lot <laughs> we want to hear from you all right again thank you all for listening and watching so much. We can't say how much we appreciate it. Um, 
Make sure that you uh, share this with as many people as you can. Uh, don't forget to like this video, whatever platform you're watching it on. Um, if you are a podcast listener, if you could leave us a review and a five-star uh, review, that would be awesome. That would help us out so, so much. If you could also share this with your friends and everyone you know, spread the word about the Reform Dissenters. We would so very much appreciate that. You can easily share our link by going to trdshow.net, and you can share that website link. Uh, that website includes a list of links to all of the many, many platforms we are on. Uh, if you want to email the show, go to trdshow at protonmail.com and uh, you should be going to that email address at least one time this week with your answer to the, to the uh, TRD community question. Thank you so, so much, and we will see you in the next episode. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do as unto the Lord.